Hello and welcome to the First Day in Football Show. I am your host, Tobias Brown, and we are back with episode 8 today. And the divisional round is upon us. And in today's episode, we're going to be previewing all of those divisional round playoff matchups for this upcoming weekend. But before we get into that, I want to hit you guys with the latest football news from around the NFL. Um, ben McAdoo, the former Giants head coach, has been hired to be the new offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. Um, I don't really have deep insight on this one because I'll be honest, there's not much that I can say about Ben McAdoo that's, you know, exactly nice. Ben McAdoo had a very short stint as Giants head coach from 2016, 2017. It really didn't go well. After being the Giants head coach, he spent a couple years out of the league, was quarterback's coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2020. Um, most recently has been a consultant for the Dallas Cowboys. McAdoo's tenure with the Giants was really unimpressive, really. About the only thing that happened in McAdoo's tenure was um, benching Eli Manning and ruining his consecutive start streak. Um, that's about all Ben McAdoo's really known for. So good luck to the Panthers. They had several candidates they were looking at. Jay Gruden had been rumored there. Probably the most funny thing about this Panthers head coaching search was the fact that they wanted to interview Current Houston Texans quarterback coach Pep Hamilton. Pep Hamilton has been in the NFL for quite some time. It's been with the Indianapolis Colts at one point. But Pep Hamilton, current quarterback's coach for the Houston Texans. Panthers put in a request to interview Pep Hamilton for their offensive coordinator position. And Pep Hamilton says, nah, I'm good. Really don't want to interview for that job. I'd rather not take it. Now, most of us would say, yeah, we don't blame him. Who wants to be the offensive coordinator for Sam Darnold? You really don't want your success tied to him. But what's ironic about this is the Houston Texans just fired their head coach, David Culley. So Pep Hamilton does not actually know if he's going to be retained by the new regime. So Pep Hamilton may not actually have a job in Houston, yet he would rather deal with that uncertainty than taking on the Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator position. If that doesn't tell you the state of the Carolina Panthers football team in 2022, I don't know what will. But moving on from that, the New York Giants hired their GM, Joe Schoen. He is the new general manager of the New York Giants. The Giants, of course, were in the market for a new GM after Dave Gettleman decided to resign. Um, Schoen comes from the Buffalo Bills. He was pretty much the right-hand man to Bills general manager Brandon Bean. I think this is a good hire for the Giants. I'm not going to pretend to know all these executive, you know, personnel directors that are on all these teams. But the thing with Schoen is being the right-hand man to Brandon Bean, Bean is really responsible for the turnaround in Buffalo. You think about the Bills having that long playoff drought going through, you know, umpteenth million quarterbacks, whether it be Ryan Fitzpatrick, J.P. Loesman, you know, Tyrod Taylor was a quarterback there for a little bit. They finally were able to nail it down with Josh Allen. But the other thing Brandon Bean has done that I think, you know, we have to give credit credit to is that defense is legit. We've talked about in the past, everybody past everybody they have on their defensive line. I mean, but they have other guys on the defense, whether it's Tredavious White, the corner, Matt Milano, the linebacker. I mean, the Bills built their roster the right way. And I think showing coming from that system, hopefully that's what the Giants are going to get with him. You know, really this Giants GM job is an enticing job because your first draft is Giants GM. Joe Showen's first draft, you know, as the GM of the New York Giants, he's going to have two first round picks. The Giants hold pick five and pick seven in the upcoming draft. So even though the Giants have a lot of holes and there's a lot of things the Giants need to fix, I think, you know, 
they we could debate about do they go offensive line with both those picks do they go offensive line defensive line you know what do they do but the nice thing is you've got two top 10 picks in your first draft really kind of a good situation to be in wanted to update you guys as well baker mayfield had his offseason shoulder surgery it went well sounds like it was a successful surgery and the reason i bring that up is because i want to talk about this whole notion that Baker Mayfield is washed, he's done, he can't be a starting quarterback. What we saw this past season from Baker Mayfield just proves he can't be a starting quarterback. You hear guys like Colin Cowherd come out and say, you know, Baker, Baker's a problem. You know, nobody wants to play with Baker. And I, I just don't buy that. Here's the thing with Baker Mayfield. He was playing with a torn labrum. He had to wear a harness. That harness really impedes your mobility. It impedes your throwing motion. Baker was not playing at 100%. I put a lot of this season on the fact that the coaches didn't do a good enough job protecting Baker from himself. Baker's a competitor. He's going to want to go out there and play. He doesn't care how hurt he is. He wants to try and get out there and play. If Kevin Stefanski and that offensive coaching staff had any sense, I think they would have you know, looked at Baker and said, hey, man, you are too banged up. This is kind of a wash year. Let's get you right and let's you know, retool for next year. You're paying Case Keenum. You have Case Keenum on the roster. Start Case Keenum. He's uh, Keenum's under team control too that's the thing he's got a three-year 18 million dollar contract so there was no reason not to play Keenum this year I think they would have been smart to sit Baker but regardless I don't think you hold this year as a you know well now Baker Mayfield can't play quarterback Baker Mayfield is still a fine quarterback in the NFL he's going to be fine I don't have any worries with Baker I think if the Browns you know, if they have a successful offseason, what I think a successful offseason in Cleveland would be is you got to get another receiving weapon. I think a guy like Garrett Wilson in the draft or even a Drake London out of USC would be a really nice pickup for them. You got to go get another receiver. And then I think you just have a few holes on the defense to sure up. But really, I think Baker's going to bounce back nicely. Couple other, you know, housekeeping items here. Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens, he's been relieved of his duties. Uh, he first joined the Baltimore coaching staff in 2012, and I can't say I'm really surprised by this firing. You know, when you have the 32nd ranked pass defense in Baltimore, you're not going to last very long because the Ravens have a high expectation. You know, this isn't the Houston Texans where you know you can have a bad year and keep your job. That's not how it works in Baltimore. So not surprised to see Martindale go. But speaking of the Houston Texans, the Houston Texans just conducted a head coaching interview with Josh McCown. Now, if Josh McCown's name sounds familiar, that's because he has been a journeyman quarterback in the NFL for a number of years. He's played with the Cleveland Browns, the New York Jets. He was with the Texans at one point, also played with the Eagles, as well as many other teams but McCown has interviewed for their head coaching position and there's this rumor going around that the Texans are hoping somebody else will interview Josh McCown for the head coach their head coaching vacancy as well so that way it will legitimize McCown as a head coaching candidate so the Texans can then hire him and I just don't understand that at all because for one the Texans had no problem hiring David Culley as their head coach last year now David Culley was the wide receiver coach for the worst pass offense in the NFL before he got the Houston Texans head coaching job. So they did they weren't worried about other people legitimizing their candidate last time they were looking for a head coach. Why do they care now? If Josh McCown is your guy, go get him. Josh McCown's a very smart football mind. You look at a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, they wanted McCown as their backup quarterback and they went and got him and McCown basically was just a coach on that staff. I mean 
In my opinion, if the Texans want McCown, go get him. But that's kind of the latest news in the NFL. Let's move on to this playoff preview for the divisional round playoff games. We're going to start with the AFC matchups first and then work our way to the NFC. And so we're going to start with that Bills and Chiefs matchup. The Buffalo Bills are going to the Kansas City Chiefs. These two teams did play in week five and the Bills won that game 38 to 20. And in my personal opinion, I think you can pretty much throw that game out the window. This is a completely different Chiefs roster. You know, you've got Frank Clark playing back up to his potential. Chris Jones looks like he's back up to his potential. And this Chiefs team didn't have Melvin Ingram on the defensive line at that point. This Chiefs defense is a completely different unit. And the Chiefs do get running back Clyde Edwards a layer back. He'll be healthy for this game. I honestly wonder how much he plays, though, just because if, you know, you watch the Chiefs wildcard game, Jarek McKinnon looked just fine. I wouldn't be surprised if Andy Reid gives McKinnon some touches still. But really, I don't think you can look at that game too much. What I am interested to see is can Josh Allen repeat the success he had in the wildcard matchup against the Patriots? Now, I'm not expecting the Bills offense to score a touchdown on every possession like they did against the Patriots. That's a little bit unrealistic. But the reason I bring it up is because we've seen Josh Allen play this well before. He's had multiple games where, according to PFF grades, he grades over 90 in a game. But in all of the games that he's graded over 90, there's there's been seven instances of this. After each game, his grade drops by at least 15 points. Now, what that means in kind of football terms is basically Josh Allen plays elite one game, and then he's back down to like Derek Carr level the next. And so I don't think Derek Carr level is going to get it done for the Buffalo Bills. They need that elite level Josh Allen. I just wonder... Does Allen have two in a row in him? Really, the keys to the game for this one for me are simple. If you're the Buffalo Bills, you got to control the time of possession. I know that the Bills' offense looks appealing, and it looks like, well, hey, if anybody can get it in a shootout with the Kansas City Chiefs, would it be the Buffalo Bills? And I just think it's a comp- It's a terrible idea to get in a shootout with the Chiefs at all. I think if the Bills are smart, they try to control the time of possession. They try to establish the running game. When I say establish the running game, I'm not saying you have to use, you know, Devin Singletary or Zach Moss or Matt Breida. You can run Josh Allen. I'm just saying you've got to establish the line of scrimmage. You know, the Bills have a very good offensive line. They've got to utilize it. I think they'll less time Patrick Mahomes has with the football, the better that is for the Buffalo Bills success. The other thing, they just got to avoid turnovers. Like we talked about, you don't want Mahomes to have the football. You also don't want Mahomes to have extra chances. Josh Allen has to be smart. He's got a solid receiver core. He's got Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Emmanuel Sanders, Dawson Knox. We saw the catch he made in the back of the end zone against the Patriots. Josh Allen's got plenty of weapons. He's got to be smart with the football Um, for the Chiefs. You have to be able to contain Josh Allen. Josh Allen is going to look to scramble, and the Chiefs have to play contain. What I've noticed a lot of times is the reason Allen is getting out is because teams are over-pursuing him. (laughs) I mean, Josh Allen is a big dude, so already he's going to be able to you know, basically run over a linebacker. But on top of that, he is shifty enough. Now, he's not as shifty as a Lamar Jackson, but still very shifty. The Chiefs have to play contain and make sure they keep Allen hemmed in somewhat. And then on the offensive side of the football, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, not every play has to be a big play. The Chiefs need to be willing to take what the defense gives them because the Bills' defense, while it is solid, you know, on the defensive line, And they do have, you know, Tredavious White in the secondary. There are some areas in that defense that you can expose, you know, 
The other corner opposite Tredavious, Tredavious White, Levi Wallace, yeah, so-so. I think if you're the Chiefs, you got to be smart. Take what the defense is giving you. Not everything has to be a big play. Moving on from that game, though, let's look at the Cincinnati Bengals and Tennessee Titans matchup. You know, this one I think is really interesting for a number of points. I forgot to tell you guys, my prediction for the Bills Chiefs, in case anybody was curious, I do expect the Chiefs to win the game 38-17. to I don't think the Bills are going to be able to replicate what they did last week. I think the Chiefs win that one pretty handily, actually. Getting back to that Bengals-Titans game, though, really, for me, this one's interesting on a number of fronts. For one, Derrick Henry is back. He was activated. He will play in this game. I'm curious to see how does Derrick Henry look. He took a lot of time off with that injury. Can he just flip the switch and get it going again? It'll be interesting to see there. The Bengals do have some injuries on the defense. We talked about Larry Ogunjobi's out for the season with the foot injury. How does that affect their defensive line? Obviously, Ogunjobi's a big presence in the middle of the defense. You know, they're going to need other defensive linemen to step up. The good thing is Trey Hendrickson is healthy. He will play in this game. Also going to need to get production from DJ Reader and Sam Hubbard as well. Bengals' keys to your game is simple. If you're the Bengals, you have to win the line of scrimmage. You cannot let the Tennessee Titans run the football down your throat. The Titans are going to try to establish Derrick Henry early and often in this game. The Bengals have to win the line of scrimmage on the defensive side of the football. And as far as Zach Taylor goes, Zach Taylor has been prone to kind of make some questionable decisions coaching. Zach Taylor just has to get out of his own way, let his talent on his football team do their job. Taylor needs to try to not try to be the hero. Zach Taylor's this big analytics guy. He does whatever the analytics tell him. And sometimes his, you know, questions are very, you know, some of the decisions he's making are very questionable. I think specifically to the Chiefs game where the Bengals were able to clinch the division. And I mean, he tried to give that game away. He tried to give that game away mightily. Zach Taylor's just got to be smart with his decision-making as a coach for the Tennessee Titans. They have to limit the big plays. The Tennessee Titans secondary is not that great. I got a couple nice players. Elijah Molden, a rookie out of Washington has played well for them, but they are not that great overall. I mean, they, I do like Kevin Byard as a safety, but what I'm looking at specifically is they don't have a corner who I think can match up one-on-one with Jamar Chase, and we know Jamar Chase is a big play waiting to happen. The Titans cannot let Burrow and Chase go off. And the issue, though, is so if you clamp, you know, you clamp Chase and he doesn't go off, the Bengals can still beat you with Tyler Boyd or T. Higgins. C.J. Uzama, we saw, is a very nice player. Can C.J. Can Joe Mixon get it going? You know. That is why I think, in my personal opinion, this game also is not going to be very close. I think the Bengals win this one pretty handily, actually. I think the Bengals win this game 38-20, to and really, it comes down to the Bengals' offense has so many weapons. If you take away Jamar Chase, Burrow still has two to three other receiving options that are legit receiving options, and I don't think the Titans can get enough pressure on Burrow, and I don't think that the Titans themselves have an offense that's going to compete with this Bengal offense. Moving on, though, we are to the NFC matchups, and let's start with the Buccaneers and Rams. Really, this one just comes down to the health of both teams. The Rams found out earlier this week that their starting left tackle, Andrew Whitworth, the fourth-graded tackle in the NFL, according to PFF, he is out for this game. Of course, they're without Jordan Fuller, one of their starting safeties, but they also found out Taylor Rapp, their other starting safety, he will be out for this game as well. So 
you know, they went and got Weddle to help with the possibility of Rapp not being able to play and with Fuller being out. Joe Noteboom's expected to play at left tackle for them. That Whitworth loss is a massive one. The Buccaneers don't have an amazing defensive line. We talked about in the last episode there, you know, the Buccaneers rookie defensive end, Joe Tryon Shoinka. He's kind of underperformed, but Jason Pierre-Paul still there and Dominican Sue still there and Vita Vea in the middle of the defensive line, still a formidable force as well. Really, it's just the fact that Andrew Whitworth has been playing at such an elite level to not have him in a playoff game hurts a ton really with the Rams Eric Weddle didn't play a ton of snaps in their wild card round matchup against the Cardinals they really didn't need him to because that game was a blowout so I want to see now that Weddle's going to be relied upon even more what does that look like how does he look how does their secondary hold up without both of their starting safeties in the game it'll be interesting to see there And the Buccaneers have just as many injuries, though. Right now, it's not determined if their right tackle, Tristan Wirfs, will be able to play. He is the sixth-graded tackle in the the entire NFL, according to PFF. So he would be a big loss. Scott Wells would be expected to slide in and play tackle for him. Um, Ryan Jensen, their center, is banged up. He's expected to play, but he is dealing with an injury. So how does that affect his play? And then running back Ronald Jones and wide receiver Brashard Perryman, they have both been ruled out for this game as well. And for the Buccaneers, I mean, that offense just, I mean, it has been ravaged by injuries. You know, whether it's Leonard Fournette being out, you know, Chris Godwin being out, they've just got so many injuries on that offense. And then Richard Sherman on the defensive side out for the year, their secondary is very banged up as well. It, it, all these injuries just came at the wrong time for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that's why really the key to the game for the Buccaneers is can they even withstand these injuries? I mean, the Buccaneers have a great roster and they have a really good football team, but at some point, all of these key injuries coming at the time that they've came, sometimes that's just is too much to overcome especially when you're playing a really good football team like the Los Angeles Rams. You know, you look at the injuries on the Buccaneers offensive line. Well, this is the one team you don't want to play when you have a bad offensive line because the Rams can exploit it with whether it's Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Greg Gaines. I really am going to be curious to see how does this Buccaneers team hold up given all the injuries they are having to deal with. And they have to be able to pass block. We just talked about the Rams' defensive line. You have to be able to pass block because I don't think that the Buccaneers are going to be able to really run the football in this game. Tom Brady's going to have to throw it a ton. And we've already seen with the injuries, Brashard Perryman was somebody he went to numerous amount of times in their wildcard matchup against the Eagles. Not having Perryman, he's going to have to rely on guys like Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller even more, which means the Bucks' offensive line is going to have to give him time. For the Rams, we talked about the secondary play. How does it look without both your starting safeties? And really, the only other thing for the Rams, in my opinion, is take care of the football. Although you are banged up, although you do have several key injuries, I still feel like you're the healthier team. So you just need to go out there, take care of the football, play smart, complimentary football. You got your running game going a little bit in the wildcard round matchup. Cam Akers looked pretty good. I, I think Cam Akers is going to continue to build off of what he did in the wildcard round against the Arizona Cardinals. And I am expecting the Los Angeles Rams to go into Tampa Bay and pull out the win. I think the Rams get the win 35-30 to 30 in this matchup. Our final divisional round matchup for the weekend is the Green Bay Packers going against the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are traveling to Green Bay. This one... I think it comes down to a couple of things. First and foremost, can the 49ers run game stay as hot as it has been? They ran for over 160 yards on the Dallas Cowboys last weekend. 
we kind of expected that we've talked about the Cowboys run defense not very impressive Packers defense is slightly better and here's the thing the Packers defense is getting healthy at the right time Zadarius Smith will be back and so will Whitney Merciless they're both healthy ready to go and play so to me is the 49ers run offense going to be able to do it again Elijah Mitchell has had a tremendous year for a rookie sixth round pick Debo Samuel we know the you know matchup nightmare he is so what kind of creativity does Kyle Shanahan Kyle Shanahan have up his sleeve to be able to kind of get the Packers off guard because if you're the 49ers nobody's expecting you to win no most people think that this is the Packers games to lose. So if you're the 49ers, you come out, play loose and free. Really the biggest thing for the 49ers is Jimmy Garoppolo just has to be smart. He missed so many throws high last week. He's got to take better care of the football. He's got to make sure his feet are set before he throws. He's got to be willing to hit his check down and he just can't miss high. That's the thing. He missed high so many times, including that key interception, you know, Garoppolo's just got to be smart with the football. I do think that in order for the 49ers to win, they are going to have to have a lot of success running the football. I think they're going to need to have another day where they run for at least 150 yards because you don't want Garoppolo having to throw for 300 yards to win this football game. That's not a key to success. For the Packers, like we said, you are obviously expected to win but we've seen the last time these two teams matched up in the playoffs was 2019 in the nfc championship game and we know how that went down 49ers won the football game i mean so the 49ers have shown us before that they can go into lambo and win playoff games for the packers aaron Rodgers, is this the last ride is this his last ride in Green Bay? You know, there's a lot of rumors going around. Rodgers is going to leave in the offseason. Would he go to Pittsburgh? Would he go to Denver? You know, this is their last ride. Matt LaFleur is going to try and pull out all the stops, in my opinion. You know, because not only is Rodgers an impending free agent, but Devontae Adams, their star wide receiver, he is a free, he's an upcoming free agent as well. The Packers have all the pressure on them. And really, if you are the Packers, Keys to the game are simple. You know the 49ers are going to want to run the football, so you got to be able to stop the run. Your defense has gotten healthy at the right time. You've now got to stop the run, but then you also have to get pressure on Jimmy G. You've got to force the 49ers into third and long situations where they have to pass, and then you have to take advantage of it, and you have to get pressure on Jimmy G. I think if you do those two things, you win the football game. My only issue is I'm not sure the Green Bay Packers are going to be able to do those two things. I actually have the San Francisco 49ers going into Green Bay and pulling off the upset. I I think the 49ers win the game 31-28. I think they're able to establish the run. I think Elijah Mitchell has a really nice game. And I think Debo Samuel still is a matchup nightmare. I don't see anybody on that Green Bay defense who's going to be able to match up with Debo Samuel. Because if Kyle Shanahan puts Debo Samuel in the backfield, you can't put a corner on Samuel now. So now you're stuck putting a linebacker on him. And I don't think the Packers have a linebacker who can cover Debo Samuel. I think he is a matchup nightmare, and I think Kyle Shanahan will be able to exploit that. The only way I think the Packers win this game is if Aaron Rodgers just has a day. And he's got the potential to. He's got good targets, whether it's Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Alan Lazard, Mercedes Lewis at tight end. We talked about Devontae Adams. He's got the weapons there. I'm just not sure that they'll be able to get it done. That's why I have the 49ers winning this football game, 31-28. But that is our divisional round playoff preview. That concludes that. So looking ahead, we will have 
the review, the playoff review podcast on Monday. There is no Monday playoff games this time, so look for the playoff review podcast sometime Monday morning. That's all we've got for you guys this time, though. We'll see you later. Take care and have a good one. We'll be right back.